all right so episode two and two back-to-back episodes so of course i'm really happy to be able to do that but good evening on this beautiful saturday afternoon i just started a fire outside and it's uh keeping me warm so that's good but otherwise right now i'm inside recording this Uh, I guess we'll get right into it. Uh, For this episode, you've probably read the title, but it'll be about two things. The first part will be a a brief update on my computer. I've got some exciting news to share with that. And then I wanted to get into something that I've been following for about two years now that is an ongoing mystery, so to say, that I will uh, summarize and give my a plausible explanation for it which of course you can take that with a grain of salt but i'd be happy to hear any of y'all's opinions regarding that subject so i'll start out with the first segment right after a word from our sponsor Now that we've gone over that, I uh, feel the need to give you all an update on uh, my computer. For those of you that don't know, in the first official episode of my podcast, the longest section was me talking about my computer that I plan to build. Uh, So I feel like I elaborated pretty well on that. Um, If there's any more questions, please, you know, feel free to ask me. I'm sure I can get you the answer if it matters to you that much anyway uh the update that i wanted to give is that i've ordered all of the parts that i need for the computer now need is the important part uh no pun intended because i realized about halfway into building that it was going to take me a while to get all of the money together to get what I want this to end up being in its semi-final state because I wanted the modular parts, so to say, the parts that could be upgraded and changed to be, or the parts that could be added onto to be high quality so that that way there wouldn't be much to do with them, if that makes sense. So that's why I went for a more expensive motherboard and uh, I cheaped out on things like graphics card, but I went more expensive on power supply and uh more expensive on the case you know that sort of thing because the stuff that really needs to be upgraded i wanted to have upgrade room all of that said for me to say uh that i did indeed order all of my parts like i was saying and i'm excited about that now that i've ordered uh all the parts i've just got to wait about let's see what's today the 30th yeah the 30th i've just got to wait about a week not even a week uh to start getting parts i should be getting my parts by friday so the end of friday of this or this coming friday i should have all my parts even before then uh most of the parts were guaranteed to come on the second or the third another part was guaranteed to come between the third and the eighth so of february 2021 so i should be there for uh that as you could imagine and then i'll be able to put this thing together and actually get windows installed and yeah actually start doing stuff 
something important that I also feel to feel the need to mention is that for now there's going to be no hard drive because the hard drive that I planned on buying was $50 and that just doesn't work in the budget right now but at the same time I don't want to cheap out and buy like a $20 hard drive that's only 500 gigabytes if that makes sense I want at least two terabytes of hard drive space that way it can hold my steam library or programs or whatever else I may have anyway uh, right now, I'm just going to settle for the SSD that I talked about yesterday. It's 120 gig SSD. It'll do fine to hold Windows. It's everything that I need it to be right now because I'm not going to have any, you know, large folders or files, so to say, that are going to be on it until I get the hard drive. So I can wait until then. Anyway, uh, that's what it looks like in the immediate future. But going forward in, let's say, the next few months especially uh, with my birthday coming up and I'll be able to get a job. Uh, my priorities are that I will, of course, get in this order. I'll get a GPU, preferably an uh, NVIDIA GPU because they've got, you know, good reviews and they also have RTX, so that's good. Uh, I don't think I'll save up for RTX. I'll probably just go with a mid-range GTX, maybe a 1060, you know, something like that. Something that's relatively affordable to put into it. And then I'll get the hard drive. So GPU, hard drive, and then after that I plan to upgrade my RAM. And after I upgrade my RAM, I'll get an upgrade for my keyboard mouse, or for my keyboard and my mouse, because... Right now, it's just a cheapy one that I got on sale, but those are my priorities. Um, the RAM will be preferably another 16 gig stick, and I'm sure I will not have to upgrade the RAM again forever. Like, if I really feel like it, I might one day when I've got cash to burn put have 64 gigs in there just to say that I have 64 gigs of RAM. But otherwise, I should be good. Uh, but yeah, and the last thing I wanted to say is that my motherboard did arrive today. I inspected it. Everything looks good. The case is ready to have the motherboard put in it. I did work on some cable management. Everything should be good for right now. But of course, I'm not going to put it in until I at least have the CPU, which is unfortunate because the CPU is actually the part that is uh, weary about when it's going to ship. It says anywhere from the uh, 3rd to the 8th. So, yeah, that's kind of a margin, and I can't really put the motherboard in until the CPU's in because it comes with the CPU cooler. So, yeah, that's kind of important, but I can wait. I've waited for, let's see, I, I initially had this idea of building a desktop back towards the beginning of, uh, I would say about the middle of March, actually, because that's when everything went crazy and I decided staying at home or I had to stay at home but I decided that I needed to keep myself sane while I was stuck at home and yeah that's when I decided uh, I'd make a computer uh, anyway that's about all I have for this segment I'm about to get into the segment that I'm really excited about but yeah you'll have to stay tuned for that one
This segment is protected by Section 107 of the United States Copyright Act. For more information, please visit a website concerning the Fair Use Act. On April 8th, 2018, a YouTube channel going by the name Matthias uploads a video titled We Found a Secret Pathway in High Five Studios. Uh, High Five Studios, in case you don't know or haven't heard, is an entertainment uh, based business that is headquartered in LA where they upload everything from quote unquote challenge videos to uh, videos about mysteries, which is coincidentally what we're talking about right now. Uh, they have a very wide range of operations and seem to be pretty profitable considering that their headquarters are pretty large and they uh, normally give away a lot of items uh, as well as make card games. For example, the Doper Nope mini game, and yes, that is owned by High Five Studios, is a card game that they've made recently, which I'm actually looking at right now because I bought a copy. Anyway, I hope that paints the picture of what we're dealing with. Uh, so, like I said, on April 8th, 2018, this video was uploaded titled We Found a Secret Pathway in High Five Studios. After this, four more increasingly serious videos were uploaded talking about uh, everything from secret walkways to false walls. Uh, and yeah, it gets interesting once the video we found a safe in the wall was published on, uh, March 27th, 2020, excuse me, June 1st, 2018. So this has been going on for a while. Anyway, that video was posted talking about how they found a safe full of keys in the wall. They open the safe and they find keys that say, uh, that all have pieces of paper that say three digit numbers on them one of the numbers on there is 863 that'll be important later anyway after uh, that they take a two year break and in well almost two years in March 20 in March on March 27th 2020 they upload a video titled found the keys that we found uh i'm paraphrasing that but the keys that we found led us to an abandoned car at high five studios this quote-unquote abandoned car is a uh ford mercury i believe that has a serial or has a vin number that's posted on the internet if you ever want to get some more specific stuff about the vehicle Anyway, after this, things start to amp up a little bit with who is with video titles such as "Who is this guy in the background near the abandoned car?" We caught someone moving on the abandoned or moving the abandoned car. We tried to decrypt the mystery keys using a codex, and then they confronted one of their office or one of the people that works for them about the keys, hoping that it was just a prank. Uh, anyway, this string of videos that I just mentioned. Um, didn't get a lot of views uh, compared to the other videos, as you could imagine, because the wording was very passive. The wording tried, uh, and 
uh, other just passive terms that were used really didn't make it really attention-grabbing. But conveniently, though, uh, the next video, the 12th video in this 46-video-long story, whatever you want to call this, is titled, This Seriously Creeped Me Out. Creeped Me Out. How did we miss this? Talking, of course, about uh, the Mercury Ranger. So it's not a Ford, it's a Mercury Ranger, excuse me. That they found, uh, you know, at their base of operations. Anyway, the they lay off about the car stuff for a few episodes, and they find a safe in the air vents with a three-digit lock. Now, they didn't think about this, but they could have been trained the keys to open that. But more on that later. Eventually, they find out that they can use some of those numbers to crack open the safe, but none of the numbers that they tried worked. Uh, but conveniently, when they were going to try the number that did work, uh, the person carrying it down the stairs managed to drop it and rupture whatever was in the case, which then proceeded to leak out of the case and, get this, caught on fire. <laughs> so, that's interesting so to say so we've got a highly flammable liquid inside of a case that they found in the air vents do it that with you will anyway uh after that they saw they decided to search the or before that excuse me they decided to search the car and they found some stuff in their stuff relating to the word pegasus which, again, will be important later. And the next video was that how the car had been taken. And they said the government took the car. That was a semi-clickbait title that really just meant... That really was that they actually got ownership over the vehicle because it was in their parking lot for more than uh, X amount of time, which apparently allowed them to get ownership of the vehicle. So then they didn't have to snoop around in somebody else's vehicle. So yeah, after they got ownership of the vehicle, somebody decided it was a good idea to, you know, break into their base of operations. And when they break in, they tried to, they left something. So instead of stealing anything like a normal person, you know, they broke in and left a case, a case very similar to the one that leaked the corrosive liquid uh, that managed to catch on fire and uh, yeah, after the person broke in and tried to left something, left something, that's when we get into the part about the case being dropped and then it leaking something flammable. Anyway, after that, as you could imagine, they were a little shell-shocked, or they were shell-shocked for the camera, however you want to take it. Uh, the next video was about how they put this case inside of a room to, you know, just keep it safe, because why not? And they come upstairs the next day, and the cases, the liquid that is inside the case has managed to burn a hole through uh, the floor, and... To give you some more information, they were on the second floor of their, this two-story complex that they own, and it burned through to the first floor and was just sitting in the, the liquid was still just sitting on the ground under the hole. Anyway, uh, 
after that, they kind of lay off of the idea of the case, and he begins to start looking to the community for answers because, you know, you've got to involve your fans. And uh, he found a symbol, so to say, that was the symbol for a company known as Syntec Laboratories. More on that later. But I will go ahead and say, all the research I've done about Syntec Laboratories, yes, and, uh, yes indeed says that it exists, but it's nothing like what it claims to have done in this series, so to say. Anyway. After that, uh, after they found out about the symbol and that it was connected to Syntec Laboratories, the guy that owned this, you know, area, or, own, or yeah, the, uh, the people that owned the complex that they're in now... Uh, they, you know, tried to think about what that could mean. And then they get hit with another thing where somebody, again, decided to break into their base of operations. And once they did that, or once that happened, they were still pretty shell-shocked and conveniently assumed that uh, they broke in to take the case that had the corrosive liquid in it. So they tried their hardest to open it, Eventually, they figured out the code to open the case. They open it. There's some sort of a vial that has been ruptured, as you could imagine. And uh, there is a item that seems to be a applicator of some kind, almost like a glue gun. That you there's a little tube that you would fill the vial, or that you would fill uh, some liquid up with, and then you would apply it to something whether that be you know like the floor or whatever you're going to apply it to but again like i said sort of like uh one of those insulator guns that you use to put you know insulation around your house and also it had the syntec laboratories symbol on it so that was interesting anyway after this uh they decided to search the abandoned car more they don't yield anything, but they do look back over the uh, stuff that they found. The stuff about, uh, you know, the Pegasus, apparently. They found some stuff that looked like, almost like doctor's reports. It was interesting, interesting, so to say. And then, after that, they try to take a UV light to the stuff that they found, because, you know, why not? However, that didn't work because, you know, not everybody writes everything in Invisible Ink. Every mystery doesn't have something to do with Invisible Ink. Anyway, after this, for a few days, everything's kind of normal until they get sent to safe by somebody calling themselves D, and the initial D. And this safe uh, had a card with it that said, you already have the key by D, and... They opened the safe because they indeed already did have the key and they found an emulator in it. Now, there's a few videos where they try to uh, figure out what this thing could be and I would go through the, you know, the the whole thing that was happening and, but it's not really that important. I'll just go ahead and tell you it is an emulator for an old computer. It emulates a floppy disk. So, for those of you that don't know, very old computers use these things called floppy disks, 
And no, I can't talk about it like I know anything about it because I wasn't alive when the floppy disk was a thing. So, you know, but it's exactly like it sounds. It's a floppy uh, item that you use to store data on it. And the reason a floppy disk emulator would be used is because a floppy disk at its largest capacity only held 1.4 megabytes of data. So that was fine and all when you were saving simple chat logs or uh, information or like key fob information to, you know, get into a building or whenever computers were used for simple tasks. And uh, in very few cases, it would be personal tasks. You would use a floppy disk. But of course, uh, people started to make floppy disk emulators to emulate a floppy disk. That way they could save this stuff on uh, SD cards, for example. So that, that way you could get a lot more storage out of uh, your old computer. I don't know why you would do that if you still had like a like an Apple II, for example. That's what you would use a floppy disk emulator on. If you still had an Apple II, I would probably recommend upgrading it before you bought a uh, floppy disk emulator so you know anyway after this happens uh there's a few days and then the person breaks in again and uh, they stayed in the studio for hours now the word break in doesn't actually describe the whole situation we later find out that they were using a cloned key fob to break into break in and air quotes to this building so they probably used an rfib scam skimmer to you know skim the key fob whenever they got a hold of one it would literally be as simple as if somebody bent over to pick something up just go up behind them and skim their key fob if there's one in their back pocket you know uh same thing with credit cards you can skim credit cards with rfib uh skimmers uh, I feel the need to say that I don't know that from experience uh, because I'm not a criminal. I don't use RFIB things to skim stuff. Anyway, uh, after this person broke in, they decided to look around to, you know, see what they stole or whatever. And they find a case that's labeled LAPD under the stairs. Now, that causes mixed reactions because. If it's LAPD, why should we mess with it? But why would there be something from the LAPD in our place? You know, we haven't done anything incriminating that, you know, that they let the public know of. But otherwise, they find this case and guess what? It has a three-digit combination to unlock it. So they quickly take back to the keys, very conveniently, and they... Uh, figure that they will start trying to unlock it until they find the camera that is on the case that has been recording what they've been doing so that this person has always been one step ahead of them. I'm going to take a second to just say that a lot of this seems way too good to be true and very, very interesting that instead of this showing up on the news, it shows up on my recommended feed on YouTube. But, you know, I'm not saying anything. I'm not coming to any conclusions. Not yet, anyway. But anyway, uh, after this 
After they found this case and started thinking about what they could do with it, they had reason to believe that he was going to come back and try to take the vehicle. So they went for a 24-hour stakeout. Spoiler alert, he showed up because that's very convenient. The one time that they stake out for this person, he shows up. I know, crazy. Anyway, he shows up and we don't get a good look at his face because, uh, you know, can because that wouldn't work out for the story. We can't just have the answer until we go through all 10 hours of video footage, but, you know. It's actually 20 hours, excuse me. Anyway, they go through this and uh, they go through this stakeout and eventually he shows up and he runs away and they're unable to find him. And they start looking around in the bushes thinking, oh, well, he probably hid in this bush or something. As it turns out, he somehow managed to go inside of the headquarters buildings, which they knew he had a key fob, by the way. They knew he had some way of getting in, so they didn't think to look inside the you know their actual headquarters but he broke in there and then took the car and drove away while they were on the other side of the building again very hard to believe but like i said i don't i don't go to any conclusions not yet at least uh anyway uh the next video is about how he says that he put a gps tracker on the vehicle of course when i say he i'm talking about matthias now uh, i think that was a smart move um i think it was also smart like he said that he didn't show it to the camera because if this is indeed true and this is actually going on then it would make sense that you would do something like that the stuff that you would do you wouldn't show to the camera just because you know <laughs> If there's somebody that's trying to figure out information, the easiest way is to, you know, stalk them online. There's, it's called harvesting. People do it all the time. There's tools that are used specifically for harvesting, and it's not illegal because it's passive information gathering, as they call it. So it's pretty easy to do. Anyway, uh, the next video, or in that video, they find out where the vehicle was taken to, or at least to where the last place it was taken while it was in service. So, uh, they found that and they tracked down the vehicle and after they tracked down the vehicle, they leave it there worried it's booby trapped because of course it is. Why would it not be? And, uh, yeah, there's a little subplot where one of his, he has reason to believe that it could be one of his employees but that's quickly swept under the rug with the next next episode where they find out that, like I said, he used an RFIB skimmer to skim a key fob. And as it so happens, this employee happened to have uh, happened to have his key fob missing for an extended amount of time within the last few weeks. So again, convenient. Uh, it also starts to set up some of the timeline. And if this was true, it starts to make sense. And I'm not saying it's not, but I'm saying that if this is indeed true, then uh, that starts to set up a timeline with the whole idea that uh, the his fob was missing for X amount of time. And while this is happening now in the middle of a pandemic, you know, I mean, people get stir crazy once they can't once they have to break into places wearing a mask, once they're encouraged to wear a mask, it's a lot easier to 
break into places. Anyway, uh, the next video is called I Never Meant For You To See This, which was about how they did decide to bring the car back, but not tell anybody because why not? And yeah, they just didn't bring the car back. There's not much for me to say about that. Uh, or they did bring the car back, excuse me, but it showed up for a second in a picture and that made everybody, or in one of the videos and everybody was quick to jump to conclusions and say, oh, it's all fake. The, the car, the prop, so to say, was back at the studio, you know, a day after that video took place. Uh, but he explains that he explains that he actually did bring it back and that he recorded it, but he had no reason to upload it just because he said that he didn't like his recording job that he did. But, you know, it's whatever you want, I guess. Anyway, after that, they finally get back to the case that we talked about and they decide, OK, well, how about we try to open it? And they find one of the keys with the number eight, six, three on it. It's an uh, it's just one of the keys that was in the box. Anyway, they put in 863, boom, it clicks, and they open it. We get a dramatic sequence of them opening it horrendously slowly and waiting to see what happens. When they open it, there's a computer, a SMS uh, spoofer, and a power cable, as well as a Wi-Fi adapter. And they look at this trying to figure out what it's about. And the video conveniently ends right there until next week where we find, or not next week, but within a few days that we find out that conveniently uh, they know exactly what it is. And it is a skimmer that has the sole purpose of, you know, spoofing a, or as a spoofer that has the sole purpose of spoofing a phone call and redirecting it. Uh, which sounds crazy and impossible, but believe me, it's not. It's called uh, it's called different things across the board. Uh, it's called SMS spoofing when we're talking about phones, but if we're talking about emails or uh, even website spoofing, that would be called DNS spoofing or DNS poisoning, as people like to call it. But if there, if you want to learn about that, just go and Google it. I don't have time to explain. But anyway, they find out that they've been using, he's been using that to hijack their phone calls. So every time they say that they've tried to call the police, the police didn't do anything about it. They just told him, uh, well, we can't do anything if he hasn't, you know, done anything illegal up to now, because you got to think about it. There's nothing illegal with, you know, opening a door that you had a key fob for and leaving an object in there. I mean, Santa does it all the time. So beats me anyway. Uh, they decided to call the police station and see what would happen and I forgot to mention there's a phone inside of the case it lit up the second they called the police station and showed that their call had been redirected to a number which I cannot disclose because it was blurred and uh, yeah that uh, number is apparently the number of this person that's been breaking in I mean you know I don't really care but it's, it is what it is. I guess I'm talking about it. So after this, they kind of take a break from that and they get an email. Now they've been getting a lot of emails regarding this people saying that they have information or, you know, whatever it may be. But like he says, this one has been a little different and it's 
interesting, so to say. The email is, please read now, in all caps. Opens it up, it's from uh, an obvious throwaway uh, email, and when they open this up, uh, the contents are about how they have information, but they want they need to be able to contact them, so they use Hangouts, Google Hangouts, to uh, contact each other about this very serious matter. And uh, he keeps saying stuff about how it's not secure, the line's not secure, I can only say so much, because the line's not secure. Um, and yeah, that's, is what it is, you know, uh, but there's not much they can do about that other than the guy gave him the advice to take whatever was out of the case and, uh, cut off the power supply, you know, just do what out or just do whatever with it. Just don't leave it on. So... In the next video, they do this, and I believe that's when this saga, this uh, January 8th saga that I like to call it, starts to happen. Because on January 8th, 2021, so recently, uh, this saga begins where uh, all of their really important videos are all from the same day or recorded the same day. Because all this important stuff just happens in one day. So hours of worth... I think it was five videos of content come out and they all came from the same day because they just made that much progress on one single day. But anyway, after uh, they take everything out and cut the power supply, they hear beeping. Now, if something like that were to happen to me, I would not at all get anywhere near that case. But instead, they you know, decide to investigate, because why not? You gotta do it for the views, right? And when they investigate, they find a timer that has one hour on it. So, of course, it's connected to a vial that has the Syntec logo on it, and that's... there's... I don't really guess there's anything important about that, but they know that the case is gonna either catch on fire or burn itself to death you know this is just for if the power supply gets cut off that it destroys the evidence anyway they deal with that everything's all good and in the next episode they find a hidden trap door under the staircase and inside of this there is an abandoned apple II. and like i said earlier they, they got sent an emulator a long long time ago and now they get to use it on the apple II. anyway they turn on the apple II. They type in uh, Cyphus 590 which was a username and uh, then a string of random letters and numbers that they found like a document that had this written on it and that logs them into the Apple II. They hook up the emulator and it's like input file path. So they input the word Pegasus after intensive investigation and they're able to conclude oh yeah it's gotta be uh, you know Pegasus. And anyway in their there was a few files that they could open, one, two of which were chat logs between D and two different people. The chat logs talked about uh, a quote-unquote experiment that whatever it was involved human subjects because uh, why not? So, you know, so that took a big turn. So that would make sense about the doctor's reports, but... Anyway, that's I've really given off all of the information up until now. Um, I'd like to close by saying that 
Uh, I believe that part of this is real, uh, but I do not believe that all of this is real. I believe that a, a solid portion of this has got to be scripted. Uh, I don't know if it's the subplots or if it's part of the larger plot. Uh, but from what we understand, this whole thing is connected. So I want to say the car part is scripted. But at the same time, the car part is what led to the name Pegasus. But then again, Pegasus could be uh, something that they just, you know, had some random reason of knowing that. And they made it all such a big deal by adding this car where they cut open the seats and found these old looking documents with the word Pegasus written all over them. But yeah, I don't know what to say about this. I'll update if anything, you know, major happens. I would highly recommend watching it because regardless of if it's fake or not, these guys are an entertainment studio. They're no, they know what they're doing when it comes to stuff like this. Uh, but yeah, so I'd highly recommend watching it. Just Google Matthias key mystery and you'll find it. But anyway, this has been Ip Ipso Facto. Good night.